we're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm your co-host, Benton Crane. Today, I'm joined by Scott Simpson. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thank you for having me, Benton. So Scott is the CEO of Video Marketing World. He also has a family YouTube channel that has north of 300,000 subscribers, and he is a serial entrepreneur. So we're going to dive in a little bit and find more about Scott and his background, and we're going to uncover what his poop to gold journey was. Awesome. I love it. So tell us a little bit about what you're up to right now. Okay, yeah, so uh, I'm the CEO of Video Marketing World, and uh, our conference is dedicated to helping business owners, entrepreneurs, marketers learn how to use video to uh, increase exposure, gain leads for their business, really just increase their bottom line, and um, uh, and we have an awesome time doing it. It's phenomenal. Very cool. And how about the family channel? What, what goes on on your channel? So our family channel, we started as, as a motivational channel. We, we, my wife and I wrote a couple books in 2010 and 2011, and so I used to go and speak on the principles in these books, very motivational and success-oriented in nature. And in 2014, I realized uh, I can be reaching a far larger audience by, by focusing my efforts on doing video online. And so we started YouTube in 2014, and then that just kind of morphed into this family channel. And now we play games with our kids. And it's, I mean, it's really fun, but, um, but I, I really love the education side of things. And so that's where Video Marketing World came in. It kind of filled my need to, to get back into educating and helping people solve problems and, and realize their true potential. Okay. So I, I want to dive into your background here in just a minute. But before we do, I want to talk a little bit about the dynamics of having a family channel. So okay. there, there's, there's a lot of successful family channels out there, right? There are. Mom, dad, kids, everyone are involved. And they're super engaging, right? It's fun for us as, as viewers to get to kind of, you know, see a, a day in the life. So yes, yeah. But talk to me from the perspective of what's it like to uh, to be raising a family in such a a transparent environment. So from the beginning, we've always tried to kind of segment our um, our YouTube life from our uh, personal life, and so there's a lot of things that we just don't share. So really, we we kind of give people a glimpse of of what. It might look like uh, as being a part of our family, but we don't give them the, the entire picture. And we do that really for safety, and we do mm-hmm. that because there are just things that we want to hold on to for ourselves that we don't want other people to be involved in. Um, there, you know, sometimes we, we, we argue. We're like every other mm-hmm. family, and yeah. so we, we don't share those things because we just don't feel like it's necessary to bring negativity to our platform. And our, our entire goal with everything always was to, to leave people feeling positive. And leave people feeling like, um, you know, like we, like we would be a good example to somebody who maybe doesn't have the best example of like a, what a real, like a healthy family dynamic looks mm-hmm. like. And and really, when we first started, we used to get messages all the time from people who are like, you know, this is happening in my family. I'm so glad that you guys are doing this. And 
Um, I feel like a part of your family. And that's really why we did it. Um, and, and, and then we just kind of grew from there, but we always try to, to not show absolutely everything, every aspect of our life. What are some of the unexpected, uh, challenges or unexpected side effects that have come along with, with your, with your family channel? Yeah. So we have, we've had some, um, you know, we've had some weird things happen. Uh, we've actually had, you know, I don't know. We've had people who've kind of maybe gotten a little bit uh, too enthusiastic about like feeling like they're part of our family, <laughs> and so we've gotten some some weird messages sometimes, and some weird, um, yeah, just some weird stuff has happened that way, and that's that's kind of been you know a little bit of like the negative side. But we've always felt like it, it, I look at it this way: um, politicians they deal with this stuff every day, but because they believe in their message so truly, so deeply, it resonates in their soul. They, they continue to do what they're doing because they feel like they're doing good work. And so we, we decided early on that no matter what, I mean, I, w- I can't say no matter what, but, but really like, um, we're, we're going to continue doing this because we feel like it's, it's good for our audience mm-hmm. and we feel like we're putting good out into the world. Absolutely. Now, you guys have uh, achieved a pretty high level of success and and we know that all successful people have had to overcome some pretty tough obstacles to get there so let's dive into your backstory a little bit to, to tell us about the journey yeah awesome okay so uh, i so like i said i've been a, an entrepreneur my entire life and, and i realized you know I, i'm kind of an out of the box type of thinker always have been when i was a kid uh, there were kids doing lemonade stands on the corner, and I, I was the one who had a mobile lemonade stand that I, I would take two people. But not only that, is I, I took a jar. I remember one time I took a jar of my, my mom's peanuts, and I would give them to them first so they, their mouth would be all salty. <laughs> and then they would ask me, they would be like, yeah, it's $5 for, for, a, cup of, for a cup of lemonade. You want some? You know? So it was like I always kind of understood that there was – did you really get five dollars? No, 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 no. I, I don't. It was probably like it was probably like 50, 50 cents or seventy five cents. But um, but so it's like you know I, I knew how to how to get people to ask for what I had to offer. Um, so when I got married to my wife, it, it, we kind of naturally transitioned into wanting to become business owners. Mm-hmm. And we had we had a lot of failures. We had um, we we would start businesses and and for one reason or another. Um, they wouldn't work out. We started a, an, we, we call those are not for profits. Exactly. <laughs> I, I call them my Harvard education because I, I spent a whole lot of money, you know, but it, it was like, I, it was just throwing money out the door yeah. as I was doing it. So, uh, so we had our, our final failure in 2000. Um, it was 2009, you know, the recession hit, we were doing okay before the recession, the recession hit. And then we, we, we started a business to compete with, <laughs> This is so funny, like saying now, compete with Redbox. Okay. <laughs> so we bought a bunch of these blue boxes right when Redbox came out. And um, I think I actually remember seeing one of these. Yeah, they were, I mean, we what, had them. What was the name of it? It was called Mega Movie Box. Mega Movie Box. We, the we name were, doesn't ring a bell, but I do remember seeing a blue box at some point. They, yeah, we, we had them all over the place. But uh, what happened was we didn't... Yeah, being young, we didn't cast projections very well. We didn't quite understand everything that went into went into um, you know spending money on product and then selling it at a higher rate. To you know, we just didn't understand the, the principles of finance in our business, and so that business failed and ultimately left us with a massive amount of debt. 
And so over the next couple of years, we really had to crawl our way out of rock bottom and, and, and dig our heels in and do things that we wouldn't normally do, uh, because, because they, um, because they, they produce the results. One of the biggest principles that I ever learned from business, from, from my business failures was do the work that matters, not the work that keeps you busy. Mm-hmm. Because it's so easy to just be like, you know, I'm going to shuffle these papers in this file cabinet. Uh, and then, you know, oh, look, it's five o'clock, time to go home. Where I should be on the phone making cold calls and constantly filling my pipeline. So that way I can have the revenue to come in. And then I have enough money to hire somebody else to do that. And, um, and then scale your business that way. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, uh, we, we got to this point where we had, I think it was like $3 in our bank account. And, um, I remember going into my bedroom, I hit my knees and prayed. And the very next day we got a phone call that, uh, that actually brought us here to Texas with a business opportunity. Um, and from that point on, it was just like, boom, 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 boom. And, um, we, we took a few years off of entrepreneurship and just kind of worked a, worked a, a steady job, um, all the while building our YouTube channel and making connections for this, uh, for video marketing world. And yeah, I, I want to dig in a little bit deeper, though, on okay, this, on this moment of um, you've just had the mega blue box, whatever it was. It failed. Mega movie it, box. <laughs> got it. Mega <laughs> mega movie box that are blue. Yep. Um, so so that's just failed. and You're buried in debt now. What is the what's the emotion that's running through you at that point? What does that feel like? Can you paint a picture? Yeah, I remember every day feeling anxiety because I would, I would have credit creditors calling us mm-hmm. and collections calling us. And I, f- I really, I felt like I failed my family um, because we'd refinance our house. We, we refinanced our house in 2007 and, and then the market crashed in 2008 and we had all this money tied up in these blue boxes um, and we didn't have, we had no money to rely on. We had, we, we couldn't sell our house because it was completely upside down mm-hmm. And, um, it was, it was just devastating as a, as a husband and provider, I felt like I need to be doing things, making decisions that, that, um, uh, that increase our potential or increase, you know, our, our, our standing in life. And I just felt like a total failure and it was very, lots of anxiety, lots of anxiety. Yeah. That, that drive to be a good provider mm-hmm. when, when, it go when things go wrong and you feel like you've failed as a provider, it's no longer just like this. It doesn't just feel personal. It feels like you failed your family. Yeah. You failed the people around my you. kids, my wife. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the rock bottom moment, right? Yeah. That, that, there's your poop moment. Yep. Now take us through how you came out the other side of that and ended up in a gold moment. Okay. Yeah. So uh, again, like, my personality is always, I've always been more optimistic in nature. Um, I, I started early reading books like Power of Positive Thinking, Thinking Real Rich from by Napoleon Hill, um, even like Robert Kiyosaki, you know, those types of books where you, you finish the book and you feel motivated to take on life. And so I, I really wasn't going to let that, this moment define who I was for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. And, um, and so I, I really like dug in and, and I, I started reading more and I started really, um, trying to think, uh, more positively. And that, this is really where my wife and I wrote our first two books. 
Um, we wrote a children's book first that was all about, it's called The Fox in the Mountain. It's, it's all about this fox um, who's on this journey to the top of this mountain to find this fruit that is more desirable than any fruit, mm-hmm. you know, any food in the valley where he was. And on his journey, he meets people along the way or other animals who are trying to convince him that it's not worth it. And it, it's based off of the experiences that we heard when we were kind of in that rock bottom and we were trying to grow our way, uh, trying to get, you know, regain some of our, our footing from, um, you know, from our, our poop moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so as we were, it's funny, it's like we were writing this book as we were working on crawling our way out of it. And by the time we were done with the book, we had really, um, I, I was, I, the business opportunity that I came to Dallas for was a, um, it was an, to run an orthodontic lab. Mm-hmm. And so it's completely different than anything I'd ever done. But we were really like, uh, we had our, our footing more secure financially um, by the time we finished the book. And so it really felt like we were writing our journey as it was happening to us. And it was, it was actually really cool. Um, so from that point on, it was just kind of a series of, of minor choices that we would make in order to give ourselves a, a little bit more of an edge or, or, um, or uh, a little bit um, more financial footing. Each yeah, time. yeah, yeah, exactly. So as you described it, like you're writing your journey as it happening. Yeah. Is it safe to say that like that book couldn't have even been written had you not gone through the, absolutely the, through that those dark times absolutely and the, and the failures that came with it mm-hmm. absolutely yeah the, the idea for the book came when we were planning on moving to texas my wife and i were driving in downtown boise idaho and uh this idea came into my head and i'm like you know what we should we should just start you know documenting these things and and let, here's a cool story that's kind of representative of where we're at and and some of the things that we've heard um and, and then it just kind of took blossomed into this beautiful parable and it was a really really cool experience that's awesome so you guys you guys write the children's book mm-hmm. publish the children's book how is it received um, actually the children's book was received really well. It, it's all relative, right? Not mm-hmm. like poop to gold because we were self-published. So it's like mm-hmm. our friends and family and, um, and then we would go around and, and, and talk at schools and mm-hmm. things like that. And so we, we sold a few hundred copies of it, nothing mm-hmm. like phenomenal. Um, and then we took the story and turned it into a, uh, a version for teens and adults. So that way they could have the same principles at a more mature level. Mm-hmm. And, um, and again, it's, it's all relative. We didn't sell very many copies of the book, but I think it, it meant more to us, um, because it, it, it just, it was a piece of us, you know, it mm-hmm. didn't matter that we, we didn't sell a hundred thousand copies of yep. it. It, it. It was more empowering to us to see that, okay, we can accomplish things again. We can do something that, that we feel good about. And so as this is happening, are you guys already working on the YouTube channel and kind of documenting the process along the way? So the YouTube channel actually came as a result of writing the book okay. because as soon as we wrote the books, I started going to like rotary clubs and businesses and, um, and then teaching them some of the principles from the books. And so that it was, it's really kind of like in hindsight, everything was very like, it, it, like it all makes sense. It seems like it was all this perfect plan that was laid out for us, but there were a lot of choices that we had to make along the way that would open more doors. So I, I think the point is, is that um, in the grand scheme of things, you have, when, when bad things happen to you, you can take it one of two ways, right? You can either let it break you 
or you can stay positive and optimistic and, and still see opportunity floating around you, right? When, when you are down on yourself and, and you're beating yourself up, the doors kind of close because all you can focus on is lack or, mm-hmm. or what you don't have. And when you focus on that, then even if there's opportunity smacking you in the face, uh, you wouldn't see it because you're so hard on, you're so down on yourself. But when you keep that, that positive perspective um, and confidence in your abilities, then the opportunity that's floating around you all the time is, is like, it's right there. You see it. You can take it and roll one, with it. One of the things that I've been trying to practice in my life is to actually be grateful for the hard things. Like so oftentimes we go through just these really tough, crappy situations and we kind of take on this mentality of like grin and bear it or survive it or just get through it. And, and I decided to try actually being thankful for it, knowing that those are the moments that define us. Those are the moments that build our character and those are the moments that shape us for the long term. And, and so rather than like fight it in the moment and then be grateful for it later, I decided to try to be grateful for it in the moment and be grateful for it later. I and love it. It sounds kind of subtle, but it's actually made a really big impact on the way that I experience hard things. I feel like they don't stay hard for nearly as long as they used to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I can look back and I can see the good that's, that have come out of all of my uh, trials in life. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you can do that, you really do that, and you look back on your life, then when you go through a trial, um, you know, when you, when you eventually get to another trial, uh, you can look at it from a completely different perspective. That's right. Scott, tell me a little bit about your creative process. Where do the ideas tend to come from and how do you cultivate those ideas? So I have, I've always been creative. And when I was a kid, it, it was kind of stifled a little bit, my creativity, um, because I, I wasn't, I was kind of an outlier in my family. Uh, with my creativity. I was always a little bit more artistic or a little bit more eccentric. And so um, I didn't embrace my creativity until, until really I saw it as a strength. And that, w- that was really in the last pr- probably 10 or 15 years when I, I really realized like, oh, I, I think differently than a lot of people. And that is for a reason. Um, and once I started embracing that, uh, then ideas just come creativity just comes to me and um um and i really just try try to roll with it and my wife you know she's the she's the veto queen she's like I, i'll give her an idea and she's like no 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 she's the no, filter no. yeah for for every 100 ideas i have i get one yes right <laughs> and uh and so that that makes our it, it, it makes our dynamic fun but she's usually right about the one thing and, and also write about the mm-hmm. 99 things that, that aren't going to pan out. So, you know, she was, she was all in on video marketing world and, um, and I mean, she's running the, <laughs> running the event right now. She's just some, an amazing woman. But, um, I, I think it, it's kind of a, a team effort between the two of us, mm-hmm. and, but I need somebody like that in my life because if I were just by myself thinking up ideas all day long, I'd never get anything done. And my wife is more of the, the type who is, okay, here, great idea. How do we implement it? Mm-hmm. How do we roll? What is the she's an structure executor. here? She is an executor. Yeah. She's that's, a, that's a great team. Absolutely. 
Is there a time or a place where ideas tend to flow more freely for you? Uh, yeah, actually, when I'm mowing the lawn, believe it or okay. not, when I'm mowing the lawn and I'm doing something physical where I'm sweating mm-hmm. and um, and there's noise that I can't, I can't hear anything else and I'm, I'm just working hard, that's when ideas start to flow. Yeah, I love it. I've found for myself that uh, going on a hike or going on a yeah. drive up the canyon mm-hmm. are both phenomenal ways for me to, to kind of get some headspace and some clarity. Awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so talk to us about your networking strategies. Okay, yeah. So I am a firm believer in um, it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. And that's how, I've, that's how I've always operated. So anybody that I... Anybody that I speak to um, uh, is any anybody that I form relationships with is uh, it's intentional um, business relationships and so I, I and I uh, every job or every career every um, opportunity I've had to uh, um, to bring in like investment capital or anything like that it's always because I have built a relationship with that person networked with that person and. Um, and, and really just kind of, I don't want to say like taking advantage of that because that sounds bad, but, but really like I've used, utilized my network. Mm-hmm. And so what I do, actually what I do now, I'm actually part of a couple of networking groups here in our, in our city. And, um, and you just meet a lot of amazing people who have cool stories and also awesome skills that you're like, when I, when I'll have an idea about something, I'll be like, oh, oh yeah, I can call so-and-so. And the more people you know in different areas, you know, doing different things, um, the easier it is to get things accomplished that are difficult or that require a lot of moving pieces because you you know people. Mm-hmm. You don't have to you don't necessarily have to ask around for um, you know for a specialty skill because you're you're actively involved and engaged in in the community and in a network. What's the best way for our listeners to follow you and stay in touch? Um, so I, here's the thing. I don't recommend following me on YouTube unless they like family vlogs. Okay. <laughs> but I, I'm all in on LinkedIn right now. So if they want to follow me on LinkedIn, it's, uh, you know, just Scott Simpson and, uh, that's Simpson without a P and, um, S I M S O N S I M S O N. Yeah. And, and that's really where I'm most active. Okay. Uh, do you have any interesting projects coming down the pipeline that you'd like to give a little sneak peek to our listeners? We we have a few things that are attached to the video marketing world that we're just about to release. So if anybody's interested in learning more about how to use video to grow their business, then just kind of follow what we're doing there. And we're going to be releasing things in the next little while. Fantastic. Scott, it's been a pleasure to have you on the Thank show. Thank you. It's been fun. It's been great to get to know you a little better. I want to give you a copy of our book, From Poop to Gold. Awesome. Did you sign it? Uh, I did not write the book, but I would be happy to <laughs> oh, sign yes, it for you. Yes, yes, please. Like yeah, to. please do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, for our listeners, if you haven't already checked out our book, From Poop to Gold, it is a great resource to better understand how we've created a, a creative culture at Harmon Brothers. So please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast, and we'll see you on the next one.